0: hallelujah praise be to god thank you for joining us this morning for our time of the study of the word and uh we're glad to have you we hope you're safe i hope the lord has kept you safe and sound this is the day that the lord has met we shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it and uh here we study the bible we aim to study from the book of genesis to revelation by the grace of god we have done 25 books of the bible and uh If you've not been able to listen to the podcast we've done straight from the book of Genesis, you can find them on all podcast platforms. That's Podbin, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, name it, whichever podcast platform you'll find us there. And also, you can visit our website, Bibleindepth.com. It's a one stop center. You'll find everything concerning this network there. You'll find uh, the Prayer Room Live 24. seven live stream that we have there you'll find the radio where you can listen to the radio from there you can find everything radio dramas that we do um clips that explain the bible that a graphical that you can view and learn you can find kids publications we also do uh, 3d publications for children and uh, right there there is a story or a publication that has been done animated for the creation, the creation story. So you can go there and find them for your child that you can learn the Bible. And uh, right now, we are studying the book of Ezekiel. And we have done 32 chapters of this book today. I want us to continue with uh, chapter 33. And it starts by saying, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, I bring If I bring a sword upon a land, and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows on the trumpet and warns the people. Then he who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, and a sword comes and takes him away. His blood will be on his own head. A watchman, normally, they had watchtowers, and uh, that's a person who would be up checking out for evil, checking out for enemies who are coming to attack, checking out for anything unusual that uh, could be coming towards the city. And now that watchman was key because if they missed anything, if they did not see anything, then the city was in trouble. So he's saying here, if you pick one for yourselves, yeah, and this one, of course, in this sense, is not just for security over the enemy physically, but rather even the spiritual sense that they see that there's a sword coming upon us, yeah, there's uh, trouble coming upon us. If that person does not look and see, Get into spiritual mapping and see that uh, there is something that is looming. There is judgment that is looming. Yeah, we have sinned so much and there is supposed to be warning and the watchman does not give the warning. That's the one they're talking about here. Yeah? And he goes on and says, He heard the sound of the trumpet but did not take the warning. His blood will be on himself. If the watchman blows and you don't hear, then you blame yourself. They are watchmen all over the world today. They are blowing the trumpet, saying, be saved. Saying, the time is near. Saying, watch out. Don't do this. Don't do that. Live like this. Walk for the Lord. Do this in honor of the Lord. And if people don't hear that trumpet that is being blown by the ministers of God, by being, that's being blown by the missionaries of God, then their blood is on their own head. When judgment comes, you will answer for yourself because you heard it. When I walk through the city, there are always people who are standing on the roads and are preaching the word of God and are spreading the word and telling people, be saved. And it's very hard for people to say, we didn't hear the warning. We didn't hear the word. Because Irrespective of the fact that people are moving, there is a word that drops in. It says, accept Christ and be saved. That's the warning. That's the trumpet. And when they don't hear it, that blood is on that person. It's on you, the one who did not hear. Yeah? And he goes and says, but had he taken the warning, he would have delivered his life. If people take the warning, if people take the word, if people listen to the preachers, if people listen to the word and it's everywhere. It's very hard today to say you don't hear. You've not had okay even if it's in a month that you've not had somebody say be saved. Somebody say accept Christ. Somebody say change your life. It's very hard for you to say in a month that you've not flipped your your TV channels and found somebody say God is in need of your life. Saying, change your life. Walk with the Lord. Accept him. Leave sin. At least I know many of us. In a month, you hear that word. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, hmm? if this watchman sees the judgment coming, if this watchman sees the enemy attacking and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned, And a sword comes and takes a person from them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from the watchman's hand. Now, in this case, they are saying, yes, the person they have taken has iniquity in them. They are sinners. They've done wrong. Yeah? They are deserving to be taken. But then there was an opportunity for the watchman to warn, but he kept quiet. He's saying that one, that blood, is on the watchman's hand. Now, in the world where we live, where we work, places we stay, the people who need the gospel, the people who need Christ, the people who have to be talked to, told about the saving power of Christ. And each and every one of us has that mandate. Jesus says, go ye and make disciples of all men. He gives us a mandate to all of us. yeah, And says, go out you're my watchman. Go out and warn. Go out and spread the word. Now when we do not do that, we risk the person's fa- failure or the person's uh, captivity but also it's placed upon the watchman. that That blood is on you. What does it kill? for you to get out and speak the word and preach. It's not about you to save, but you can preach. And you know, sometimes we're afraid. We're saying, uh, what if I speak and they laugh? What if I speak and they mock? What if I speak and they refuse to accept Christ? You speak. Because here, when you speak, you've planted the seed. You've sent out the warning. Whether they accept or not, that's not your job. That's not in your control. But what is in your control is to speak, to tell somebody your workmate, the one who sits close to your desk, and you tell them, accept Christ, walk with Christ, yeah? That is upon you. Tell them to accept Jesus. Tell them about the saving power. Give them your testimony. Let them know that it is possible to walk a life that pleases God, yeah? Now, as for you, son of man, I have appointed you a watchman for the house of Israel. Is telling Ezekiel, so you will hear a message from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I, say to, when I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require from your hand. Is taking, telling Ezekiel. I have appointed you for Israel. And this is the thing. If I tell you to tell the wicked that they are going to perish, and you don't tell them, and they perish, it's upon you. Reason, you could have told them, and they change. But when you decide to be silent, when you decide to be quiet, you don't give people the opportunity to learn that there is a saving power. You don't give the people the opportunity to transform, to change. And I challenge us today, when we're going to work, when we're going out there, even if it's wherever it is that you are, you go and tell people about Christ. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be so complex. Don't come up with with an entire book of words. No, you speak as easy as, as it is. Let the Holy Spirit work through you. Pray and ask God to give you the grace that you shall go out and speak. And tell them, tell that workmate of yours today, who you see is dying. Because here he says, if I tell you to tell the wicked man and you don't tell him that blood I require from your hand. You didn't do your job. You didn't do your job. But if you, if you, on your part, want a wicked man to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way. This is what we've been talking about He will die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your life. Preaching is a mandate. Spreading the gospel is a mandate upon each and every one of us. For every opportunity you get, speak about Christ. If that person decides not to accept, you've saved your life. You've delivered your life. Of course, it's absurd that they didn't listen, that they didn't accept, and they will perish in their iniquity. But you go out and speak. You're the watchman. Now as for you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus you have spoken, saying surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us and we are rotting away in them. How then can we survive? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. When will you die, O house of Israel? God does not take pleasure when people die in sin. God does not take pleasure when people continue to sin and perish. God does not take pleasure when people are dying in iniquity. He wants them to turn from their ways and live. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 tells us the Lord is not slack concerning his promise because he says he's coming back one day, yeah? As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is interested in all of us attaining eternal life. It's his major interest. He's not there waiting and excited saying, this lake of fire will burn how many I need thousands. No, he's interested in us having a life with him, sharing in his glory. That's his major interest. And he says, he does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. When you see people doing all sorts of evil in the world, God does not take pleasure, first of all. But also he's interested that they turn their lives He's interested. And here he tells us when we check Second Peter that, hey, he's giving us time. He's giving us time saying, I don't want everybody to perish. I want them to repent. So even when the, the time is near, he says, okay, maybe I give them some more time. They will transform. And that's why there can be no excuse on that day. Because God will say, I gave you, well, how many years have you lived? I gave you all that time. I gave you time to transform. I gave you people to speak. I gave you watchmen to speak to you. I brought preachers in your life. I brought these brothers, these sisters to tell you those small words that would pass when you're, you're, you're moving in the city and you hear a word that says, accept Christ. He says, I gave you all that. I was gracious enough. And hey, my interest was not in your death in iniquity. My pleasure was not in your death as a wicked person. I wanted you to turn your ways and live. Turn your ways and live. Every single person you see on the earth today, God desires that they repent and that they walk with Him. That is the desire of Christ. For all us. That's why he comes and dies on the cross. That we may be saved. That we may live lives that honor him. And God does not take joy. Does not take pleasure. When people die in evil. So he desires that we transform. And he's given us time. So he tells him here about Israel. that I want them to have a good life. I don't want to punish them. And you, son of man, say to your fellow citizens, the righteousness of a righteous man will not deliver him in the day of his transgression. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he will not stumble because of it in the day when he turns from his wickedness. Whereas a righteous man will not be able to live by his righteousness on the day when he commits sin. Sometimes we are righteous people. You're living in a righteous way. But the day you fall, you're responsible for that. And he goes on and says, when I say to the righteous, he will surely live. And he so trusts in his righteousness that he commits iniquity. None of his righteous deeds will be remembered. But in that same iniquity of his, which he has committed, he will die. Oh, I have lived for the Lord for years. Now it's time to fall you will live by that iniquity. There won't be a, a recount of what you've done in the past, of how good you've been. No, it's your current stand. That's why all the time we remain in check. All the time we keep in the game. You don't lose guard. All the time you keep alert, awake, because Paul says, and remember he told us that, not that after I've run the race, I am found unworthy. After you've done all things, you're found to have not achieved, not have met the price. That's what he's saying here. Stand for your righteousness and don't lose God. Because when you lose God and fall, you will die in that iniquity. And there I want to be a recount of what you did, the good you did in the past, to come out for you and stand for you. Yeah? But when I say to the wicked, you, sh- you will surely die. And he turns from his sin and practices justice and righteousness. If a wicked man restores a pledge, pays back what he has taken by robbery, walks by the statutes which which ensure life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. He's saying, now, if there's been a wicked man, there's been a wicked man out there, and he has done all sorts of evil. Hmm? And that man makes a decision and says, you know what? I'm going to go back and walk with God, or I've found this saving power and grace, and I'm going to walk with God. If that person repents, if he turns from his sin, that, that issue is key for us, friends, turning from sin. And we know the things that we do that don't give glory to, to God. We know the evil that is done on the earth. We know all the sorts of things that are in our lives that don't please God. The desire for God is that we turn from them. And he says here, if that person turns from his sins, and when they turn, they don't just stay there. They practice justice and righteousness. Justice here that he's talking about is key even in that period that somebody has decided to turn. Yeah? What is justice? Justice is fairness in the way that people are treated. Being fair. And he gives an example here. If a wicked man restores a pledge, pays back what he has taken in robbery. For example, you stole land. And you know you stole land probably from your family members or from somebody else or it was a business. And you stole from it. And you have that land. Justice is, hmm? you treat those people fairly, the people that you had treated badly. You go back and make sure you treat them. Justice, when you go to the courts of law, it's bringing in order. It tells people to repay. It tells people to take back. It It brings order. It restores what should have been in the initial state. If you stole land, for example, you get that title and take it back to the owners and tell them i have returned that which i had stolen this is what he's saying here you treat fairly those people if you had taken something from somebody you get that and take it back you you do you you get to a state where you are correcting your wrongs i remember a story that was told to us about a man who Um, stole cattle yeah, and uh, by then there were just I think it was one cow he he takes it and uh, it was unfair to the person that he took it from and in that farm this cow kept delivering and giving birth to many more and when this man one day he's preached to and he looks at his wrong And when he looks at how much he had fallen and God gives him the grace to restore his life, he accepts, he repents, and now it was time to restitute, to take back what he had stolen. So he looks at this cow and says, I have to take it back, but not just the cow. He had to take back even all those that have come from the cow the baths that have happened, he got the cow and the other cattle that came from it and took them back to the person that he had wronged. Friends, there are things in your life that are holding you back until you get them and take them back to those you hurt, to those you wronged. Until you go back and commit justice. Justice doesn't just have to be in the courts of law that you wait to be taken to court, that you return, no. That that has been planted in you when you accept to walk in the saving power of Christ will convict you and tell you go and correct what you've messed up. And for some, it may not be property. It may be people that you talked to and wronged and uh, you probably gossiped and you spoilt their name and you spoke all evil against them. You go back. And amend your ways. You go back and tell them and apologize to what to them and you speak to them and say, You wrong I wronged you. But forgive me. That's hard. That's hard. But here he says, if that wicked person turns from his sins and practices justice and righteousness, he's messing, he's correcting those he messed up. And he is also deciding to walk in righteousness. He restores a pledge. Yeah, He walks by the statutes which ensure life without committing iniquity. He shall live, he shall not die. Now the life they are talking about here, yes, it may be this that is physical, but also there is that eternal life. That is the goal for all of us because one day everybody shall die. But it does not stop there. There is life after death. And that is what we desire. That is what we look up to. That's life after death. Eternal life. Yeah? That's the one he's talking about. That that person shall live and he shall not die. None of his sins that he has committed will be remembered against him. That is gracious gracious from God that he does not remember that which you've done. And sometimes we... uh, we have wronged, we've messed up, and then you start to look into your life and you're saying, maybe God is still angry with me about that abortion that happened. If God, if you accept, if you walk with him, it's a new chapter. It's a new chapter. He says, I will not remember your sins anymore. I will not remember that anymore. It's a new phase. And people should stop feeling guilty about the past, about how you used to be the, the worst of all in the past. Forget about that. You're a new creature. You live a new life. He will remember your sins no more. Enjoy the joy of the salvation that you have received. And says he has practiced justice and righteousness and he shall surely live. We don't judge people by their past Look at I might say, oh, that person used to uh, be a party animal. They used to do this and this. They used to have thousands of men. If they have transformed and are walking a new life, God does not count that on them anymore. He's not counting that against them. There's a new life. And he says they shall live because they have found the saving power, the saving grace, and they have accepted it, so they shall live. And he goes on and says in verse 17, Yet your fellow citizens say the way of the Lord is not right. And he says, when it is their own way that is not right. You know, there are some people who say the teachings of God are off. They tell you to love and you say, no, that is not true. How can you love somebody who has hurt you so badly? The ways of the Lord are not on on point. So they go for their own ways. Those are the ones they're talking about here. Those who say the way of the Lord is not right. That it is their way that is right. If the word says it, then you shall do it. If the word says that's the truth, then it's the truth. However hard it might be. If the word says forgive, forgive. That is the right way. The way of man would say, go and repay that which they've done to you, that evil. But the word of God says, forgive those who have hurt you. That's the right way. Verse 18. When the righteous turns from his his righteousness and commits iniquity, then he shall die in it. We've talked about that. You've been righteous and you've fallen and you've started to walk in iniquity, you shall die in that iniquity. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and practices justice and righteousness, he will live by them. Yet you say, the the Lord is not right, O house of Israel. I will judge each of you according to his ways. According to how we've lived is how we are going to be judged. And by the way, this is personal. They are not going to judge you because of your grandfather or your parent. It's personal how you have lived, how you've walked. It is personal. That's what he says, each according to his ways. Now in the 12th year of our exile, on the 5th of the 10th month, the refugees from Jerusalem came to me saying, The city has been taken. Now this is a time where Zedekiah has been overthrown by Babylon. And they are running to him. Remember, by then Ezekiel, they are already in exile. The city has been taken. Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me in the evening before the refugees came. And he opened my mouth at the time they came to me in the morning. So my mouth was open and I was no longer speechless. No, this man would take time in the presence of God. And what would happen to him in this specific case, he was not able to talk. He was speechless in the presence of God. Sometimes we feel that when you're there, you have to be speaking thousands of words. But sometimes you're just there and you're held in. And when they come to him, he can now be able to speak. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, they who live in the worst places in the land of Israel are saying, Abraham was only one, yet he possessed the land. So to us who are many, the land has been given as a possession. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord God, you eat meat with the blood in it. You lift up your eyes to your idols as you shed blood. Should you then possess the land? When there is iniquity, when there is evil, there is nothing that you can claim that belongs to you. Even that which you demand for can slip through your hands. Evil and sin brings lack. Evil and sin can cause things to live, can cause prosperity that you had to fall. That's what he's saying. You possess the land of Abraham, yes, but now with the life you've lived, you don't obey my word, you cannot claim it. That's what he's practically saying. You rely on your sword. You commit abominations and each of you defiles his neighbor's wife. Adultery. Yeah? Should you then possess the land? Thus you say to them, thus says the Lord God, as I live, surely those who are in the worst places will fall by the sword. And whoever is in the open field, I'll give to the beasts to be devoured. And those who are in the strongholds and in the caves will die in pestilence. I'll make the land a desolation and a waste and the pride of our power will cease, and the mountains of Israel will be desolate, so that no one will pass through. Then they will know, he says, that I am the Lord, when I make the land a desolation and a waste because of all their abominations which they have committed. But as for you, son of man, your fellow citizens who talk about you by the walls and in the doorways of their houses, speak to one another, each to his brother, saying, Come now and hear what the message is which comes forth from the Lord. They come to you as people come and sit before you as my people and hear your words. But they do not do them for they do the lustful desires expressed by their mouth and their heart goes after their gain. They come and sit and listen and go back and do evil. They come to church, going to church every Sunday whenever it is through the week and you sit and listen to the preacher but you go out and do evil. You don't listen. That's equal to what they're telling Ezekiel here. Behold you are to them like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument for they hear your words but they do not practice them. So when it comes to pass as surely it will then they'll know that a prophet has been Their midst. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray for direction and for somebody out there who has been living a life that does not please God. This is an opportunity. Just say these words after me and turn and live a righteous life and walk with the Lord and He will give you life. Just say, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Walk with me. Show me your ways. Amen. May God bless you. May God prosper you. May God see you transform your life. We love you. And may God bless you.